everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Because We Went to Therapy podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Ashley. And today we are going to be doing an episode on pregnancy, kind of like just all things pregnancy. Um, As many of you know, Ashley is pregnant right now, and we were actually just chatting. She just ended her third trimester, so... Uh, Ended my second. What? Ended my second trimester. Oh, did I say, oh, I said it wrong. I meant to say just started her third trimester. Oh, you're good. I did not have the baby yet. (laughs) No, no, no. Wait, what did I say? I don't know. No, she just, oh, did I say she just ended her third trimester? Yes, I think so. (laughs) She just started her um, third trimester. And so we thought it could be a good time to just talk about all things pregnancy, like pregnancy anxiety, anything else that Ashley has experienced. I'm going to be asking her some questions as someone who's never been pregnant. And um, so we hope that even if you're not pregnant, you can relate to this episode because, you know, everyone's known someone has been pregnant or maybe you're thinking about getting pregnant or maybe you don't want kids at all and you're just curious what it's like to be pregnant. So hopefully everyone can get something from this episode. But um, Ashley, I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like you've had a particularly tough pregnancy like physically at least Mm -hmm, that's true especially the first trimester I was very very sick all the time basically from like the moment that I found out I found out when I was only five weeks which is basically as early as you can find out because four weeks you know as soon as you miss your period you're considered like four or five weeks already because you start counting from the date of your last period. So essentially I was sick from the very beginning, throwing up all the time, like didn't know how to control it. I was really, really mentally anxious as well because like nobody knew but my boyfriend and me. So I felt like I was so sick all the time. I couldn't tell anybody. I was worried about, oh my God, what does this mean? Like is you know, you worry about miscarriage and things going wrong because it's so, so early and something like one in four pregnancies ends in a miscarriage. So, you know, the odds are almost seem like stacked against you at that point. Mm -hmm. And so the first trimester, yeah, the first 12 weeks I was sick all the time and then finally was able to kind of get the nausea under control and get my mental health in check. And once I was able to let close family and friends know I started to feel better mentally as well and then the second trimester came along and that was right around your wedding Emily and Mm -hmm. like obviously during that time I was traveling a lot I was doing a lot of hiking in different national parks and everything I was feeling a lot better the only thing was I was really tired which is kind of expected there's not you know much you can do about that and I wasn't really drinking caffeine at the time you know you can drink a little bit of caffeine when you're pregnant but for some reason coffee was giving me the ick really badly it was like one of my food aversions and I know I didn't know know. that that's horrible I know (laughs) I am drinking it a little bit now like every couple of days just as it you know as I crave it but at the time I didn't drink coffee for like three or four months after I found out I was pregnant just because the smell I was not into the taste 
but then I started drinking a little bit out of necessity on our road trip to see you for your wedding because it was like we were driving so much I needed some sort of caffeine and I don't really drink a lot of soda or anything so that was like my only intake of it that I could get and so second trimester I was feeling bit better physically and then as soon as I hit probably you know like the early 20 weeks I'm currently 27 weeks in a couple days and as soon as I hit like the mid-20s I started getting really uncomfortable my back hurt all the time my neck hurts all the time my lower back it's really uncomfortable to get up and do anything I started getting really really bad heartburn and acid reflux and that's been keeping me up all night started causing vomiting again um, basically you have to sleep sitting straight up all oh those gosh. super fun things so you know the nausea came back the pain in my throat was constant from acid reflux so Luckily, I was able to, I saw my doctor today for one of my checkups, and I was able to get just, like, some over-the-counter stuff that was approved, but, you know, that's what's tough. I also had COVID during pregnancy, my first time ever getting it. I got it around, like, 22 weeks or something like that, and that, I was never hospitalized or anything, but I was just really, really sick. Yeah. for about a full week it, so that took me out and that can cause pregnancy complications so I have to get an extra screening and just like all the worry that comes with that after being feeling like I was being careful but yeah so it has been a little bit tougher than normal life and it's hard because people are always like oh you know pregnancy is such an amazing thing blah 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 and I'm like okay well actually like the physical symptoms of it kind of fucking suck not gonna lie yeah yeah yeah. and thank you for sharing all of that and you know let's just jump right into it because this is something that I've always thought about so I think it was yesterday is the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade and so I'm sitting here listening to you talk about all the things that you've been through physically and this is a wanted pregnancy like can Mm -hmm. you imagine how hard it could be if this was if women are forced or they are right now but forced to carry a baby they don't want having to deal with the mental and physical aspects of pregnancy and something I see a lot in the pro-life discussion is like you're if you're a mother how can you be pro-choice and it's like and I don't want to speak for you, Ashley, this is what I wanted to ask you. I feel like I, if I was pregnant, I, I'd become even more pro-choice. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I feel like I definitely, it's kind of like radicalized me in that way as well. Because I can see with, you know, pregnancy is so physically difficult and it takes so much out of you mentally as well. And then in terms of also having to go to all these extra doctor's appointments and there's all these extra expenses and just, you know, taking care of yourself and then starting to get things right for the baby. It's so extremely expensive and that stuff. So I actually got pregnant like right when Roe was overturned, I think within like a month or two, I found out I was pregnant and, you know, in Wisconsin, it was, you know, abortions were completely banned basically immediately 
So that was really scary for me because I was like, oh my God, what if something happens and I start to, you know, have a miscarriage for whatever reason and we're going to have to drive over the border into Illinois and who knows how long that's going to take and have to find a hospital to go to. So that was really important for Alex and I when we were finding a doctor because I also didn't yet have an OB up here in Wisconsin since we've only been here um, a couple years. Like, I should have had one. I have a primary. I was going to say, you should have had one regardless. But I kept, because we moved up during COVID, so I kept going no, back I know. to Illinois for the time being and, like, just going to the doctor I was already established at. It was just easier yeah. for a while. And I feel then, you. Yeah. And then when I was finding an OB, it was really important to me to find somebody that, you know, was very like woman forward thinking pro-choice. And luckily I was able to find that at my local hospital. And my first appointment when we confirmed the pregnancy and, you know, you go in, you get an ultrasound, you kind of like, they date the pregnancy, if you will, and tell you exactly how many weeks you are along. They confirm it's viable all that good stuff. And she was like, I work with doctors in Illinois. So if something were to happen, or if you decided to terminate, or if you, you know, needed to go there for whatever reason, then um, like I have contacts down there and I have a hospital that I could send you to. So she thankfully was already set up in that way and had already thought about it. And she literally said, she's like, it's a very scary time to be a woman in Wisconsin and the U.S. right now. So that was very, you know, a sad reality, but it was reassuring because I was already so worried about, oh God, what if something happens and then help is like two hours away? And what help could I go to the hospital here for? And then what's the line like that I would need to go out of state? so just trying to figure that out it's just just so the other mental load (laughs) it's just so horrible yeah like pregnancy is already such a mental load and then if you're having to worry about like again a wanted pregnancy but if you're having to worry about okay what happens like of course it's okay if you were to change your mind right Um, but like a wanted pregnancy but then you're worrying about what would happen if something did go wrong and it's just it's so sad and it's just so frustrating that people who will never become pregnant are the ones that are making laws about our bodies and what we should and shouldn't do and just yeah it's frustrating that you had to have the extra because I know like you were just telling us like your first trimester there was a lot of anxiety just around like miscarriages and you know, all the other stuff that comes with being pregnant. And then if you have to worry about that. And so I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because some, I see that a lot in the pro-life rhetoric is like, you're a mom, you shouldn't be pro-choice. And it's like, well, no, I'm even more pro-choice, you know, because I'm a mom. And so I, I appreciate you sharing with us. I know you are already pro-choice, but just wanted to get your yeah. thoughts on that being pregnant. No, exactly. And I think it's so important that after going through this experience myself, that it is something that you choose for yourself and it's not something that is forced upon you because even just the experience of being pregnant and not even having a child here yet is so extremely life altering and affects how you work. It affects your relationships. It affects your physical health that I can't 
imagine like being forced into this if it wasn't wanted. So, you know, thankful that I still live within driving distance, I guess, to a state where I am offered that choice if needed. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Being close to Arizona and Nevada where, uh, not Arizona, uh, California, Nevada, where abortion is legal, um, Mm. is good, but it still sucks that it's five hours away either way. Right. Um, But yeah. And you know, something that we were chatting about before we got on here is, uh, and then you mentioned a little bit about like how sometimes pregnancy on social media can be deemed as like this beautiful, amazing 10 months, right? And so oh, yeah. here you talk about um, the back pain, the acid reflux, like I wish these things were more normalized and talked about because they're the reality. It's the same thing with most of women's health, reproductive health and just health in general. It's like not talked about enough. Um, and, you know, if not saying people... I don't want to speak for all pregnant women and say that it's not a beautiful, amazing experience, but I think it can be both. So what do you think? Right. I totally agree. And I think that it is totally like case by case dependent. I know so many people, just the few friends that I've had that have already experienced pregnancy and then having a child, it's so unique to every person. I have friends who, never once got sick in their pregnancy and it was really you know as they would say like generally fine I have friends who threw up every single day until they were in labor so some friends I had that didn't mind being pregnant some friends absolutely hated it some people are in the middle and I feel like online the discourse is really like one extreme or the other where it's like yeah seen as this amazing 10 months and then some people also you see like the really negative side of it so I feel like I've had a mixed bag experience where of course there's like moments where it's really exciting and you get to feel the kicks or you get to see the ultrasound or you start to like pick out names and stuff and share the joy with other people which is really fun but then also you still have the mental load of like this is a massive life change and all the mental health and anxiety that comes with that and making sure that you're prepared and then making sure you have all the, you know, the things that you need and your plan ready to go to the hospital and just thinking about like the massive life changes that are going to come up. So I would say it's been a mixed bag for me, but now that TikTok knows that I'm pregnant, (laughs) I'm on that algorithm of like pregnancy and child related TikToks and you know, everybody's got their opinion about like how pregnancy should go, what you should do, what you should take, how you need to handle everything. And then also I feel like it's provided me more anxiety than helpfulness at this point, because like I said, everybody has an opinion everybody does stuff differently and they're not medical professionals. So I've also seen a lot of like, SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome, TikToks and stillborns and like mothers almost dying, giving birth and, you know, just the really tragic things like that, that also come with pregnancy and having kids at times, which 
Like every time I see that, it just becomes an intrusive thought basically. And I'm like, I don't need this right now. Like I get why people are like putting that content out as a way to cope and things like that. But I'm like, as a pregnant person, I really don't like, I already have anxiety. I don't need to see that right now and have to worry about all these extra things that are completely out of your control. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It's like something we talk about a lot, like the pros and cons of social media, right? Like the normalization that it can provide for people and like the way to get their stories out and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Then also, yeah, the the content can create um, more anxiety. Do you feel like you've had to set up boundaries around social media use then? Yeah, I've definitely tried to, you know, like block out certain hashtags or click not interested. I wish a lot of that stuff came with trigger warnings just because, you know, if you, especially if you are pregnant or have a young child, it is really, really anxiety inducing to see those things. And especially somebody that has kind of like those tendencies to get intrusive thoughts. There's been times where I'm like, okay, I just need to completely get off TikTok or Reddit or whatever and just talk to my doctor or talk to my therapist when something's worrying me and see what, like, is an actual legit something that I can control because already so much of pregnancy you realize is stuff that you can't control. And that's something I noticed early on is I'm like, I can barely eat. I was losing, I lost a lot of weight in the first and second trimester because I was just sick and not able to eat much. And I was eat the food I was eating wasn't very nutritious. And I was like, you know what? My baby's still growing. He's perfectly healthy. We did the anatomy scan and all the testing available to us and everything's totally fine. So I'm like, okay, like if this kid is able to you know, kick it by eating like chicken nuggets and ice cream every day, then my, <laughs> like, this is totally out of my control. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I feel like the, um, the, so, like some social media would be like, oh, you need to eat certain, just like how I feel like diet culture can play into pregnancy as well. Right. And it's like, um, of course we always want to be taking care of our bodies pregnant or not. And you being like, well, chicken, chicken tenders and ice cream is the only thing I can eat. And it's more important for me to eat than to, you know, maybe eat the quote unquote healthy food. Right. You know, all foods fit here and there's nothing wrong with chicken nuggets or ice cream. That is you taking care of your body. And that's the most important Mm -hmm. thing, like I said, pregnant or not, is to take care of your body and listen to its needs. And I feel like those needs can always be changing during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then you also get on the side of social media where, the people are, you know, completely non-toxic and the people that don't want to take any medicine at all for nausea or headaches or whatever it is. And I'm very, you know, I think you should do whatever feels good to you and whatever you want to do, but I'm going to do whatever my doctor says is okay for me. And like, I got to the point with my nausea where I had to take some over-the-counter stuff that ended up working, but I did that in conjunction with my doctor. And Mm -hmm. anytime, if somebody has something to say about that, I'm like, you know what, then you don't take it. Like, not my problem. I'm not going to throw up every day, multiple times a day for 10 months. 
and my doctor says it's okay, so it's okay to me. So I think as long as you're working in conjunction with your doctor and somebody that actually has, you know, and not a lot of right, exactly. So, like I said, everybody's got their opinions, but I've just kind of been trying to do a combination of what feels good for me and what works for me and what my doctor is okay with. And so far everything has been, you know, generally speaking, like I don't feel good, but I'm healthy and the baby's really healthy. So that's basically all you can ask for. Right. And I mean, it's the whole idea behind being pro-choice is you can do what you want with your body. I'm going to do what I want with my body. Right. It just comes down to respecting um, bodily autonomy. When, even if that like means like what you do or don't do during pregnancy, of course, like, you know, there are some big no, no's that like, you know, most people, everyone shouldn't do like drinking or smoking. Right. Uh, but then it, when it comes to, you know, specific things and I mean, don't people say like, don't eat like fish or certain things. I don't know. Maybe that's a general, I don't know everything, but I just feel like in general, we should not, I mean, it's crazy that mom shaming starts during pregnancy. I mean, it shouldn't yeah. happen in, at all but i feel like mom shaming is so freaking real and it's if it, it sounds like it starts with pregnancy like people oh, really coffee pregnancy. they kind of give you guidelines at your first appointment and it can be really really overwhelming like this is how you need to wear your seatbelt and to accommodate the bump and i'm like okay i'm like six weeks pregnant right now like i don't even have a bump like you're gonna have to remind me of this in six months and they give you a guideline of you know, there are certain medications that you shouldn't take over the counter things, and there are certain foods, Wait, especially. Is one of them? Yeah, all I can take is that's, Tylenol. So when I had COVID, it was really, really rough. <laughs> I know. So when I had COVID, like Tylenol was the only thing I could take, and it was pretty rough. But um, it's also you're not supposed to eat on pasteurized food because it you know, increases the risk of getting food poisoning, which can be really dangerous if you're pregnant. So things like sushi and raw fish and um, Got it. deli meats. But my doctor was like, if you have a deli, if you have deli meat or a sandwich or something, just put it in the microwave for 15 seconds and warm it up and that should kill anything. So I've just been air oh. frying all my sandwiches. I have one every day. I have a turkey sandwich and I just air fry it. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what, if that's the only thing that sounds good to me to eat, I'm going to eat. I'm not going to not, you know, I'm doing what my doctor says. I'm not going to not eat. That's more dangerous in my mind. I know it is. It's like, <laughs> it is more dangerous not to eat than to, you know, of course, if it's something that's like we talk about like drinking or smoking, it's going to harm you. But when right. it comes to eating food if your doctor tells you you can eat it just do it this way then like you don't need to feel any shame or guilt around that but like someone post imagine if you post that video of you eating a sandwich on social media and someone doesn't know that you air fried it and just it's just like not that that happens to you specifically but just i've seen that you know on social media and so it's just Mm -hmm. i wish we could get to a point where we just respected everybody's um choices in general i know definitely because everybody at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want. And by shaming them even further into saying like, Oh, you're going to be a bad parent or you're already a bad parent or you're doing something wrong. It's just any comment like that I've ever received has not been helpful. Whatever. just makes me feel like shit about myself. So 
like why I know yeah. a lot of people when they make comments it's coming from a place of love or they're trying to be helpful but I'm like this I don't is feel like the internet trolls helpful. are trying to be helpful yeah no definitely maybe, not internet more in people life, like in, but... <laughs> yeah in, you know in your real life circle when people have their opinions about how their pregnancy went or what you should do so I'm just trying to be, be like take what works and leave what doesn't and as long as like I said that I'm working with my doctor and everything that I'm doing is kosher then nothing else really matters like I know earlier offline you asked me about my birth plan and I was like oh, I don't really have one basically just whatever my doctor's cool with I know that I want an epidural but besides that I you know of course I'll talk to her a little bit more about it as the date gets closer and those opportunities arise but basically like if an emergency happens and you know for some reason I have to have a c-section or something like that then I'm okay with that in my head I'm sure it will be scary but I trust my doctor completely and I know that she'll do whatever is needed to keep me and the baby safe so of course there are things that you kind of have to take into consideration beforehand and talk to your partner with about you know like absolute emergency things that could happen and how you kind of want to handle that but in terms of the small things or you know like you know just like the the things that can be taken care of kind of at that time I'm like whatever we'll figure it out <laughs> yeah definitely can only handle so much at one time right right uh, and some people I notice especially on social media have like a 10 page birth plan and they're like I want these vaccines I don't want these vaccines I want skin to skin time and all that and I feel like I'm definitely somebody that likes to be in control, but with my pregnancy, I've relinquished that a little bit. And I think a lot of that has to do with therapy. And maybe I went too far in the opposite direction of just like trusting the process a little bit too much. But it got to the point for me where if I was trying to control too much, especially things that ultimately at the end of the day are out of our control then it's just easier for me to live that way than to try to plan out you know every minute of every day and everything that I'm going to be doing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and I mean like relinquishing control in general is really helpful because there are so many things that are in our control but there are so many things that are outside of our control as well and so mm -hmm. being able to you know take control of things you can and let go of the things you can't like the changes uh, I know we want to touch a little bit on like changes in your body um, mm -hmm. and I had not just like the the sickness and what not you've been feeling but I had mentioned um, before we started recording like oh you haven't sent us like a bump picture in a while and um, you mentioned like oh yeah I feel like I don't really like dress my bump or you know I'll, I'll let you take over because mm -hmm. I don't want to speak for you but that we could touch on this for a bit yeah for sure so I feel like I really just started showing in the last couple of weeks um, I don't know if it's just because I have a little bit of a longer torso or what he really wasn't showing up in most of the things that I was wearing for a long time so I was able to I don't want to say I was necessarily like hiding my pregnancy 
Right. But I just, you know, if people didn't know, they didn't know. And I wasn't going around like telling everybody I was pregnant. So I would say after Christmas, I started wearing just more dresses and things that were a little bit more comfortable. There's nothing like none of my pants are fitting anymore. And wearing some maternity jeans. And I feel like I was excited to kind of embrace or show off the bump, I guess, because I've always been really conscious of the middle part of my body and like my soft stomach. And that's where I've always carried most of my weight, just like literally my entire life since I hit puberty. So I've always been conscious of that. And now that I'm pregnant and I have a bump, I'm like, screw it. Like I can wear a skims dress or I can wear whatever I want and like not have to think twice about it. So it has been interesting getting adjusted to strangers asking me about my pregnancy because I feel like myself, I would just never ask somebody if they were pregnant or assume they were pregnant unless they were literally like 40 weeks or something like about to pop. It was like extremely, extremely obvious. But I feel like at the point I'm at, I think it's more women that have been pregnant before can tell just like with the shape of my bump and kind of what it looks like from experience. And I was on vacation for a couple weeks and I just had people come like <laughs> I was in the elevator and I told you guys this right after it happened. And this was like literally right after I feel like I started showing and I was wearing a tighter dress and I was in the elevator at this hotel and I was holding like a Starbucks iced tea and this lady gets in the elevator with me and she was like, Oh, what are you having? And I was like, Oh, this is just an iced tea. And she's like, Oh no, like boy or girl. And I was like, Oh my God, I totally forgot for a second that like people could even tell that I was pregnant. <laughs> so it's just so like funny wild. things like that. I know. And you know, you, it's kind of that weird middle space where, Maybe people can tell, but you don't know if they're going to say anything about it or, you know, it's just not something I'm used to because it's my first pregnancy. I've never visibly shown a bump like this before. So just getting used to it in that way. And we were also talking about earlier, maternity clothes are really, really difficult to find. Like nobody carries them in store. It took me forever to find jeans and I finally had to order them online from Abercrombie. They don't carry them in store. Madewell doesn't carry them in store. Target has pretty limited options, at least where I'm at. I don't know. I went to pretty much every store in the mall. Nobody carried anything in store. They're like, oh, you can order it online. I'm like, well, I want to try it on because I don't know what they're going to look like. I don't know what size I am that's the whole point is like you would think maternity stuff that people would have in store so you could actually try it on, but no, nobody has it in the store. And a lot of maternity clothes are just not cute. They're very like, I don't know. I don't want to say like chooky, but a lot of them are really chooky. It's like they made this one line of maternity clothes in like 2004 and then just keep reproducing it now, you know, they're not trendy. It's not something that a lot of stuff that I would actually wear. And I was also telling you earlier, I don't want to invest in a bunch of things and then have them not fit in three months. 
and then whenever I'm pregnant in the future they might not be in style or it might not they might not fit like who knows what it is so right now I got two pairs of maternity jeans and then besides that I just got a couple of dresses I went to Nordstrom and kind of like balled out on skims which I know is definitely like a luxury but they just fit me so so well and they'll fit me after in the same size and they're just like really really accommodating for in terms of like the bras and the dresses and things like that so that's just kind of what I'm rocking with right now and then um wearing you know luckily since it's winter a lot of my stuff is oversized anyways like chunky sweaters and t-shirts and things like that so I can kind of wear the same tops that I was wearing previously but I mean even that is an expense having to get a new wardrobe in order to accommodate for the bump right it's not it's not easy to have to get new clothes when your body changes in general but then especially if you're Mm -hmm. pregnant especially knowing that your body's going to change again right once you have the baby Uh, right um, so yeah that it sounds like you are kind of like half and half maybe then like it kind of embracing like wearing like tighter clothes and feeling more comfortable doing that um and then also just being like I don't really know if I want to go full you know maternity clothes and because we were talking too about how like a lot of influencers who are pregnant will dress up like every single day Mm -hmm. and like wear like bump suits or like really cute clothes like but they're probably really expensive if they're like really cute maternity clothes right it's just like another way I feel like pregnancy can be glamorized and again not that it's a bad thing but just um not the like I would like to see some influencers how they dress on a you know non-camera day if you know what I mean right no a hundred percent I think a lot of that and this is me assuming so feel free to um comment if you think otherwise but a lot of the traditional influencers are, you know, probably like the smaller sizes and in order to accommodate, they're probably for their bump, they're probably just sizing up in traditional straight sizes. And for me, I'm typically like a large, like a size 12 ish. So I'm kind of on that cusp of like straight sizes and then going into extended sizes. So like, I'm already at the top of like the straight sizes or where I was regular regularly shopping those sizes that are available so I can't always size up and everything so I literally was had to look for like specific maternity things that wasn't an option for me just to size up one or two sizes which I feel like could be available to people that do wear the smaller sizes yeah no that's such a good point like if they're usually a smaller extra small go up to a medium or a large and it's more mm-hmm. available so that is another example of thin privilege right like right it shows up in our society um, right because there is not even maternity clothes then necessarily they're just sizing up in regular clothes to accommodate for the bump <laughs> yeah absolutely um is there what else do you feel like has been um like a challenge or not necessarily a challenge it could be a challenge but just what else do you feel like we haven't touched on when it comes to pregnancy or being a mom um, I feel like any of that also like the mental load of it has been very stressful and just like the anxiety that comes with it for 
women and their partners and their families. And just like I was saying, you have so many opinions coming from a million different people about how their pregnancies were or how things should be. Or like people were telling me, oh, don't tell anybody then whatever name you pick out because people are going to judge or don't tell people this, that, and the other thing because everybody's going to have their opinions. And I was kind of like, oh, whatever. Like if people, like if we started telling people the name really early on because we settled on it and we knew we weren't going to change it. And I was like, well, if somebody doesn't like it, like, okay, don't name your kid that. I don't care. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I like it. I think it's cute. And if you don't like it, then that's fine. Like this, I don't like every kid's name that I've ever met, but I'm not going to like, you know, really judge them for it. Like it's not my kid. So the beauty of growing your own person inside your stomach for 10 months is you can kind of do what you want with them or name them whatever you want. So um, just dealing with people's opinions has been tough. And then also the intrusive thoughts of, dealing not only with pregnancy, but then trying to think about like, okay, how are you going to parent after? And how are you going to deal with the things that come up? And like, there's so many, even on TikTok, what, you know, it stems after pregnancy, like so many different parenting styles, so many different schools, types of schools you can send your kid to different toys like is your are you going to be a minimalist are you going to be a maximalist like what kind of are you going to read to your kid like all these different things Mm -hmm. there are so many generational differences as well so that's something that I've been working a lot on in therapy is just kind of taking things as they come and remembering that I don't need to necessarily prepare for all of that right now in the first couple months basically like the baby is asleep anyways we're like sleeping 23 hours a day so you don't necessarily have to worry about like okay where am I going to send them to school but that is something that unfortunately you have to think about pretty early on is there's wait lists for a lot of these things that I never considered before like in some areas especially if you live in a city you're basically supposed to start looking for a daycare as soon as you find out you're pregnant and get on a wait list because there's so many people on these wait lists to get in that you have to do it, you know, a year before the kids even here, which is just insane to me. I'm like, I'm just getting adjusted to the idea that I'm even pregnant. And then what if something happens? And like, I'm already on this list and it's all these things, right. That you don't like, I don't know. I thought you just went down and like signed your kid up and paid for it. I didn't know you had to do all these extra like applications and all that Maybe stuff. Maybe back in the old days, but I feel like right. it's different now. Right. Yeah. And it's so competitive and I don't know, thinking we about like what school you want to go to. Like people are already asking me like, oh, where are you going to live? Where is he going to go to school? I'm like, oh my God. Like I have no idea. Yeah. You like, I'm just trying to get through the day. <laughs> Right. I was just going to say, you kind of do have to take things day to day. And it's like, it's really great that you're in therapy talking about um, all the anxieties that you have in terms Mm -hmm. of being pregnant and in terms of, you know, being a parent and just trying to work through any of your own stuff. Because 
I you know I've obviously never been pregnant, but I do feel like I have a little bit of credentials to talk on this given um, my degree in that your shit will be projected onto your child if you don't work through it, right? And it's yeah. like no one's going to be a perfect, perfect parent, so definitely not trying to say that. But, you know, I feel like everyone should go to therapy when they're pregnant or just in general, everyone should go to therapy, but especially right. when you're pregnant because your, um, your stuff will be projected onto your child. It's, I heard this quote once. It was like, you'll never realize how much, how many triggers you have until you have a child uh, yeah. or something along the lines of like your child will bring out like the most triggers in that you, that you ever thought about your own childhood and your own relationship to your parents. And so, you know, it's not to like stress you out or put pressure on you, but just to, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Commend you for going to therapy and doing the work because mm-hmm. I feel like I might be out of a job if more parents went to therapy <laughs> before um, they had children. Right. Absolutely. And I do feel lucky that I have been going to therapy for a couple of years and I did work through or at least begin to a lot of, um, I don't necessarily want to say like the bigger things, but some of the things that I think were beneficial to work on before I found out I was pregnant. So now I can focus on more of the actual pregnancy and looking into the future and not having it. Like I already did a lot of the deep work on myself, luckily, um, yeah. so that was a little bit of a relief. So, you know, a hundred percent, that's something I suggest going to therapy before you're pregnant, while you're pregnant, after, after the baby's here, it can be nothing, <laughs> right. It can be nothing but beneficial. And, you know, yesterday I went to a prenatal yoga class for the first time. Oh, and after we had, yeah, it was really good. And I didn't know anybody there. I was just like, my body's hurting so bad. I need to go good for you. So we had like a little community time after, which a couple people stayed for. And we just went around and like introduced ourselves, said our name, how far along we are, kind of what we're struggling with physically or mentally. And it was really nice to have a community of even people that are strangers. Some of them were first time moms. Some of them were second or third time moms. And everybody is just struggling with the same thing. They're like, I have no idea how to you know, there's so many lists for like taking care of the baby and all these things you have to do, but there's no list for the moms. Like, I feel like I need help. I feel like I'm, you know, some people were clashing with their families. Some people were clashing with their partners. They were stressed about things um, not going exactly to plan with their unborn child. And there's just a million and one anxieties that come with it. So it was really nice to be able to listen to these other women and just hear like you know they were in the exact same place and be able to talk to each other and be like you know give each other advice or like I've been there it gets better or whatever the case may be so I definitely recommend if you are pregnant trying to do something like a community like that whether it is prenatal yoga or a birth class or there's so many different things that you can do because like I said I have a couple friends that have been pregnant before but none of them are pregnant currently so I feel like I just don't have a lot of people to bounce questions off of and like even when talking to different generations about pregnancy like things are so different 
even yeah. five years ago versus 20 years ago and 30 years ago that the medicine's changing, the science is changing, the parenting is changing, that it's not always productive to ask somebody their opinion about when they were pregnant 25 years ago. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And I really like how you're emphasizing community, right? Not just community um, after you're pregnant, but during pregnancy and nobody, the saying it takes a village is so accurate because no one was meant to do this alone. Right. And that doesn't just mean like having a partner, you know, it means having, you know, people that can help you pre during and after the baby is born. And um, yeah, I'd love to do a whole episode on like generational trauma and parenting. Um, something I'm really passionate about is shifting the parenting styles that we, you know, the way that we were raised, again, not to bash them, but just to, we know more now, right? We know the effects that it has on children. And so I'd love to do a whole episode on trauma, generational trauma and um, parenting, specifically gentle parenting and how that seems to be the, um, again, there's no right way to parent because I don't want to show yeah. parents but gen- gentle parenting really aligns with um, growing up kids who are like emotionally healthy which I feel like just mm-hmm. obviously as a therapist I'm biased but I think is really important yeah absolutely and maybe we should do that the next episode because I was telling you earlier I just started I'm about halfway through reading it didn't start with you which is kind of just like an intro about generational trauma and how it can affect like you know it lays all the science out about studies that have been done on a molecular molecular dna level of how trauma can affect the future generations and um, that was really really interesting to me and i was also kind of when i was reading i'm like shit because it talks a lot about pregnancy and how stress and pregnancy can affect the baby i'm like oh my god i gotta be like zen as possible but then i started realizing like okay stress is inevitable things happen every day whether it's minor or major so you kind of just have to take things as they come and then you know you can at the end of the day like everything is workable and you can learn to you know use your toolbox and cope with it and get through it so as long as i'm being conscious and doing my best like that's all that matters this is just information Mm -hmm. absolutely and I feel like that's a good place to pause for today in terms of yeah just you know not stressing too like not stressing that you're stressed if that makes sense like just trying to uh, take things day by day and do the best you can and yeah um we can definitely do that next episode because yeah I mean the, I'm a trauma therapist and also um, you're pregnant so I feel like we could have a lot to offer to the conversation but thank you for sharing everything that you did I know your pregnancy journey hasn't been completely easy so I appreciate <laughs> you sharing with us and just kind of normalizing the downs and ups that can come with pregnancy right definitely I'm glad to talk about it and if anybody has any questions definitely just like feel free to message us and let us know and we can talk privately or we can talk further on the podcast and future episodes just like add it in as a segment if we need to and my overarching advice would just be to remember to if you're getting stressed get off the internet get off social media and just talk to your doctor (laughs) and you know make sure that you 
<laughs> never stress enough on this like podcast to I know tr- trust professionals do not trust I know <laughs> I know exactly and you know find a therapist that you feel like you vibe with well and then you know put that research into finding a doctor that you feel like you can trust because I feel like it really does make all the difference when it comes down to having those hard conversations and having those tough questions and knowing that you know, whatever your doctor says, you feel comfortable moving forward with that decision. So those are my biggest suggestions. And then just know that some of it is in our control, but so much of it is also not in our control. So just trying to relinquish a little bit of that, even if it's just like one or 2%, hopefully can take a little bit of the mental load off. Absolutely. And um, as always, we encourage you, pregnant or not, to um, seek out therapy if anything resonated with you in this episode. And yeah, this is a really exciting time. It's the first baby in our friend group, so we're <laughs> really excited and also, you know, ready to support Ashley because, like we said, it takes a village. Um, but yes, definitely. Yeah. I'm so happy that we have like the friend group we have, and I have the support that I have because I feel like very luckily everybody's so excited for me and loves the baby so much already that it's like I know whatever comes, I'll be able to handle it because I have so much support around me. Yeah, absolutely. We were just talking about when I'm gonna get to meet. Um, the little guy so we're very excited and we appreciate you listening and we are always looking for guests so if you'd like to you yourself would like to come on or if you want to message us about somebody please do because we love you know building our community and um, yeah we will be we're releasing episodes right now every other week I know this was three weeks so just bear with us it's a (laughs) it's a busy time in our lives but we appreciate you sticking with us and we will talk to you next time thanks Ash yep thanks love you Em